Lukuta Sikha is Chelik Chav Gimel, Parsha, Bolok, Sikha, Aleph, a summary of the Sikha. It's been mentioned many times that the, uh, that the names of the Seder, they are Jewish tradition, and Jewish tradition is a part of Torah. So the name that the Seder has is a part of Torah. So the question then is, how does the, why is the name of our Seder called by the name of a Russia Bolok? And not just any ordinary Russia. Our sages tell us that he was the greatest enemy that the Jewish people had. And you can't say that it's because it's the first few words in the in the parsha. Therefore, we have no choice but to use it because we could have used Vayar. That's the first word in the parsha, as we see in the Bereshis, Vayera, Vayetze. We can use those words too. So why use Bolak? Another thing we know that names in Loshna Kedush, in Hebrew express what the, the, the theme of what they are a name for. So therefore, in our parsha, what it, the word has to express what the theme of the parsha is. But if you look at most of the parsha, it's about Bilam and his prophecies and his blessings for the Jewish people. It doesn't talk so much about, about Bolok. Bolok is sort of incidental to the whole story. It's just that he was the one that hired Bilam, and that's how we got to Bilam with all, and then the story becomes about Bilam. So why is it called Bolok? And if you want to talk about the important message of the Seder, the more important message of the Seder certainly is the prophecy of Bilam, which he talked about Mashiach, what will happen at the end of times. So what is it about Bolok that makes his name important to the parish? So perhaps we could answer this question because just like we find by Avedah Zorah that although you're not allowed to mention the name of Avedah Zorah but an Avedah Zorah which is mentioned in the Torah the name of Avedah Zorah which appears in the Torah you're allowed to mention. So in a similar way even though the name of a Russia normally you wouldn't mention and the Gemara says you shouldn't name your child after a Russia and so on we don't even want to mention their name but because it's a name mentioned in the Torah so therefore it's not prohibited to mention the name Bullock. But that only answers why it's not prohibited, but it doesn't give a reason why you should name a, a Seder in the Torah by that name. And it becomes even more difficult to understand, according to what the Balatesas say, they ask a question where Hashem told Moshe when the Yidin were left Mitzrayim and they were approaching Yamsuf, so he said to him, speak to the Jewish people, they should camp, set up camp in front of Baal Tzvayim. Baal Tzvayim was the name of Avedazorah. So the Taisus asks, how did Hashem say that they should camp in front of Baal Tzvayim? A person is not allowed to say, the Gemara says, you're not allowed to say, let's meet at such and such a church in, the, in that place of Avedazor. You're not allowed to mention that. You're not allowed to say the name. So how did Hashem say that? And the, the Taisus answers that the prohibition only applies to people, but not to Hashem which in itself is, uh, is difficult we have to understand this whole thesis we know that that a name of Avodah which is mentioned in the Torah it's not prohibited to mention it so why can't Hashem even a person is allowed to say it so why can't Hashem name Baal why can't he mention Baal so perhaps what the uh, the Taisus means is that you're allowed to mention a name of Avodah that is in the Torah, but you're not allowed to give it any importance. You're not allowed to mention it in a, na- in a way that that imparts importance to it. Like for instance, meet me at that Avodah So if you mention it in passing, okay, but not in a way that Hashem said, meet, set up camp in front of the Avodah 
So then the question becomes even more in the case of uh, Bullock. The naming a sedra after Bullock certainly confers importance on Bullock. When Hashem, uh, when the Torah calls it by the name Bullock, it eternalizes the name of Bullock. The Torah is eternal. So now it's eternal that the, the, the Pasha is going to be called Bullock. So in order to understand this, we have to first explain what is the answer that the Taisvah says? That it's only prohibited for Hashem, for a per- people, but not for Hashem. If the reason why you shouldn't mention Avedazar is because you don't want to give it importance, so who gives it more importance? When a human mentions it or when Hashem mentions it? When Hashem mentions it, it gives it much more importance. Hashem said it. And not only that, Hashem's words are considered to be much more powerful than a human. When Hashem said, the whole world was created through Hashem's speech. When a person says something, it's not considered anything. It's not done yet. So certainly when Hashem says the name of Avodah it imparts much more importance to Avodah So why should he not be, be able to say it and people not? And of course you can't say that what the Tesis means is that you're not allowed, that Hashem is not bound by any prohibitions at all because we know that the Pesach says Magad that what Hashem tells the Yidin to do is because that's what he does. So therefore Hashem is bound by his own decision, by those prohibitions. So therefore, it's clear that what the Taisus means, that the only Hashem is allowed to say it, but not people, is be, what it means is, the reason why you're not allowed to mention an Avedazara doesn't apply to Hashem, because the reason why doesn't apply. So to explain that, so to explain it, the Yireim says, he gives the reason why, why is it that the name of Avodah which is mentioned in the Torah, suddenly you're allowed to mention it. What's the reason for that? The reason, he says, is because since the Torah mentions it, for sure it no longer exists. It's already bottled. It's already nullified. It has no importance anymore. And therefore it's no longer a problem to mention it. But what does that mean? We have to understand what he's saying. First of all, how does he know that when the Torah says the name of Avodah it no longer exists? And in fact, we find that it in fact does exist. The name Baal Pa'ir, which is mentioned in the Torah, and the Gemara talks about it in the time of the Gemara. So it did exist even later. So what does he mean by that? So most likely what the Yireim is saying is that, what does he mean that it's Vada in his Batla? It means when a Yid says the name of Avodah which is mentioned in the Torah, he is mentioning it in the same way that the Torah mentions the Avodah which means that it's Batla. What does that mean? When the, every time the Torah talks about Avodah it's always about showing that they're meaningless and worthless and that they have no power. And sometimes it talks about if the Yidin worship Avodah they will be punished. Whenever the Torah talks about Avedazara, it's always to bring out something detrimental, something negative about the Avedazara, to show that it has no importance. And therefore, when a Yid mentions a a name of Avedazara, which is mentioned in the Torah, he's talking about it in the same context as the Torah is talking about it. So every time a Yid says the name of Avedazara, which is mentioned in the Torah, it is being mavatl, the Avedazara. It means to bring out that it's a it's like an epithet about the Avodah It's something negative about the Avodah When you say the name of Avodah it's like saying an obscenity. And that's what the Yireya means. 
that if the Torah mentioned it, a Yid is allowed to mention it because he's mentioning it in the same way, and that in itself is mavatl. The Yavadazaravada the Yid certainly meant to be mavatl to speak about it in a negative way, in a way that it makes it meaningless, makes it clear that it's meaningless. In a similar way that the Gemara says that you're allowed to make fun of an Avedazara. How could you be speaking about Avedazara? Why mention Avedazara in any way, even to make fun of it? But the reason is because mentioning, mentioning it in a way that makes fun of it is the purpose of not mentioning it in any other way. But when you mention it in a way to make fun of it, what you're doing is being mavatalit, and that's why it's permitted. And that's what the Balayatesis mean when they say that only a person is not allowed to mention Avedazara, but not Hashem. What do they mean by that? When a person says the name of Avedazara just in general, certainly if he's using it for a purpose, like let's meet at that Avedazara, he confers importance on the Avedazara when you talk of it in that way. But when Hashem mentions the Avedazara, that can't be said, because when Hashem speaks a word, when he says a name of something, he reveals the absolute truth about it. Hashem is the essence of truth. Torah is emes, is the essence of truth. So when Torah names an Avedazara, what it brings to light is, what's the true value of this existence? The answer is nothing. So every time the Torah mentions Avedazara, it brings out the absolute truth. Whenever the Torah mentions it, it neutralizes the Avedazara. And that's why Hashem chose to meet that it should be at Baltzfein, why does it have to be a Baltzfein? Because by the Torah mentioning Baltzfein, it brings out Baltzfein is nothing. Whenever the Torah mentions it, it brings out its absolute nothingness. And that's why it chose to mention it in that way. And as we said, the same thing is when a Yid mentions it, he is talking about it in the same context, in the same way that the Torah refers to it. So to a Yid, mentioning the name of Abedazar is like uttering a profanity. In fact, we find a story in the Gemara that there was an Amaira that mentioned the name of Avedazara and he had to explain, I was permitted to do it because it's a name mentioned in the Torah. But what does he have to do it anyway for? It's fine, it's allowed, but what do you need to do it for? The answer is, he must have seen that there was a need to be mavatl that Avedazara. He must have seen that it was gaining traction somewhere or something like that. Therefore, he uttered it in a way, uh, in the way that the Torah utters it, which is, he brought to the attention of the world that it is meaningless, by just saying the name, it already shows that it's meaningless. And that is also the reason why this sedra is called Balak. Why does the Torah Bechlal tell the story of Balak? Why bring a story with a Russia with such an evil person and his intentions? The reason, of course, is to bring out, he had evil intentions, but Hashem uh, disrupted all of his intentions and transformed all of his intentions into blessings. That's the point of mentioning the story of Balak. So that by mentioning the story of Balak, we are mentioning how he was de- destroyed and so on, and he ma- was made into nothing. So his name also is mentioned in the same way. The Torah names the the the, the, the Sedra Balak because whenever a child hears the name the Sedra Balak, what it comes to mind immediately is Balak Harasha, that evil man, that Jew hater. That's what it immediately brings. It brings down his name, not it brings up his name. And an even deeper idea here is 
that when you're mevatel of Avedazara, what you do is you completely destroy it. And Avedazara stands in opposition to Hashem's unity and therefore has to be destroyed. But here we find, we find something even more. Not only was Balak and Bilam and their intentions destroyed, they were transformed and because of their intentions, the Yidin received the bracha, brachas from Bilam and he, they received prophecies from Bilam which talk about Mashiach himself. That was all because of Balak. So in other words, not only was it, not, it, was it neutralized, it was even elevated the Jews to a higher level and gave them blessings beyond their imagination. And that explains also why is it that Mashiach, the prophecies for Mashiach come dafke through Bilam. Why is he the one to deliver the message about Mashiach? The answer is, what is one of the great accomplishments of the time of Mashiach? That the, all the nations which had oppressed the Yidden and, uh, over, during the time of Golos will now become, their power will be used to elevate the Yidden. They will be the shepherds for the Yidden. Their kings will be the, the babysitters for Yidden. The, uh, they will uh, be the shepherds, as we said, and so they will do tend the gardens, tend the vineyards, and so on. So in other words, they'll use their power, which they used to oppress the Yidden, to elevate the Yidden. That's why the, the one to give that message is Bilam Balak, the ones that also attempted to suppress the Yidden and to harm the Yidden, and they, their words were turned into the source of blessing for the Yidden. And we should have this, the ultimate of this, speedily in our days when the, uh, all the nations will become our, uh, to tend our sheep and so on as the prophecies tell us with the coming of Mashiach, Mameir Yomeinu.